This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. You are listening to the Media Week Podcast. My name is Dan Barrett, Deputy Editor at Media Week. I'm joined here in the Media Week studio with Kara Swisher, who I'm very excited to talk to. Uh, Kara Swisher from Recode and in Australia for the Walkley Foundation Storyology Conference. Kara, how are you doing? Good. I'm really great. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Now, I'm very enthused to have you in the studio because... Okay, I'm going to talk to you about Yahoo in just a short sure, while because we've got a strong want. Yahoo connection in uh-huh. Australia. Uh-huh. So I'm desperate to get to that. Why do people use it here? This is the country where they use it. Uh, well, basically, there's one country that uses it in Australia. No, 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 I'm teasing. <laughs> Nobody uses Yahoo's products. But okay. Well, okay, that would be my argument that gets yeah. made. Uh, one of our large broadcast networks, Channel 7, have a strong partnership with Yahoo. Oh, so okay. a lot of their online presence built through Yahoo. Right. And so I'd like to talk to you a bit about sure. how that might fit in. But we'll get to that in a little bit because that's the exciting stuff. All but, right. Yeah, first of all, more exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Recode. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in the progression that's taken place with Recode in the sure. last couple of years because you've gone from having your sort of um, own shingle of all things D to going well, to it was Recode. A, it was at News Corp. It was oh, at sorry, the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Um, and we left. Um, we were with Rupert for as long a time as we could stand, <laughs> um, which wasn't long. How, how much pressure was there on you from the larger corporation? Not like, at all. Nothing? No, we were. No. We made a lot of money. The events are very profitable. Um, and so it wasn't. There was all kinds of issues at News Corp. I don't have to go into all of them. Some of them, some ethical problems we had with what they were was happening at the time. Mm. Um, some of them, we just never negotiated with them. We didn't want to stay after our contract was up. And so we went out and sought um, funding uh, for the a new company called Recode. Um, we, we hired a naming service. We did all kinds. You know, we did your things that a startup does. And then we... Um, uh, we started Rico. We got investments from NBC and also uh, another media investor, and uh, it was a large amount of money. And we went off on our own pretty yeah. quickly. And yeah. we became partners with NBC at the same time. Um, and then, uh, you know, as I watched the landscape develop, there was sort of a big a push to fund content sites all of a sudden, and some of our competitors were getting enormous uh, valuations and enormous fundings. And I thought we could either sell to one of them very quickly, which people were surprised by, or we could uh, raise more money ourselves. And Walt and I, Walt Mossberg, who's my partner, and I had complete control of the startup, and we didn't want to lose it. So we thought... Uh, being sold to a company that was had our same ethical standards, our same outlook on journalism, and was a really fine digital publisher would be the right option, and that's Fox Media, which bought us about a year ago. A little yeah. Year ago. Now, choosing to go with Vox as opposed to going your own way, and I guess sort of scaling up and bringing mm-hmm. in other investors, mm-hmm. how much of your voice do you think would be diluted through that? Why do you? A think lot. As soon as the investors come in, that's kind of where yeah. You know, we had two great investors. NBC is, is it, what happened was NBC sold sold their portion of us to Vox, and then in turn invested in Vox at an enormous uh, valuation, and also mm. I think it was a two hundred million dollar investment. So we're, we remain amazing partners with NBC, who who've really just been very interested in digital publishing and digital I- digital news. And so uh, they've been supportive the whole way through. Um, And they, uh, you know, we we could have raised money. We absolutely could have raised money. I think it just was a question of what that would take, how much time it would take from the journalism. We'd have to have hired a CEO. It was was more complicated. And given Vox was already, like, just head and shoulders above us on technological stuff, they have an amazing uh, content management system that we're on now. Um, we just we felt it was a, a better link, and, and you wanted to be linked with a larger player that you were compatible with, and sold to people that you liked and you respected. Um, that wasn't the case 
with News Corp uh, for sure. Um, I like the Wall Street Journal and a lot of there's amazing people there. But in general, as you can see from this new Roger Ailes stuff, mm. that's a, it's a company rotten to the core at this point. I mean, it's just to a lot tolerate sexual harassment over a 20 year period is, you know, you can say all you want that he hit it, but it wasn't hidden as far as I can tell. Um, and so we I think we made the right choice in that regard. Although I think the Wall Street Journal is a great publication. Yeah. Now, I've noticed that since you have joined up with Vox and teamed up there, there seems to be a lot more podcast output coming yeah. from the team. Yeah. So is that a conscious decision because you can see engagement with podcasts is so no, much stronger? No, I think, you know, Vox had done podcasts at different sites and, and, and we just had an amazing amount of success with it right off the bat. We had yeah. always planned to do it. Um, we have a conference division uh, that we brought to Vox um, and we have a very successful conference business uh, with the Code, Media, Code Conference series. The big one, which just took place in May, we had Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and Sheryl Sandberg. We, everybody comes to it. In, in the past, we've had Steve Jobs. He came nine times to our events. Um, and uh, just everyone, every the whole panoply of um, internet legends has been on our stages and been interviewed by us. And so we wanted to extend it all year round because there's only a limited amount of people we can have on stage. Um, you know, at the Code event, there's 16 slots for speakers and they're all big names. Um, but there's all sorts of interesting people that are not that are not necessarily going to get on the stage that aren't Elon Musk, but are just as fascinating. Um, I just did a really great um, interview with uh, a guy that wrote a book about working at Facebook. I did uh, Mark Andreessen, who we've had on Code Stages or, or All Things D Stages, but I did an hour-long discussion with him. I can do all kinds of things and extend the, the Code brand, the Code conference brand, uh, to between Peter Kafka, who's our media reporter, and I, we can do 102 interviews a year. And uh, it's been very successful. We're getting uh, really great reviews. We're, we're growing our audience. It's quite large. And we're making an, an, a, a substantive amount of money. That's what was surprising to me is how, how we're making a lot of money for very low costs. Yeah. I uh, thought Media Week listeners who haven't listened to the Peter Kafka uh, Media Recode. No, it's Recode Media. Recode Media. Yeah, he focuses on media yeah. people. He does his own conference too. And so it's, it's all kinds. He's had uh, all kinds of people. He's had great Jonah Peretti and Ben Smith, I think, came on. Um, he's just had great people on his thing. Yeah. And I focus more on um, internet people. Yeah. Uh, Peter's for me because I'm a massive media nerd. Yeah. It's become a must listen as soon as it hits my it feed. Is. I'm, it's yeah, great. He's a must. Re- he's like the best reporter in media, um, as far as I'm concerned. Not just digital media. He's just super savvy. He really tells people like it is. And I, I'm not using that as Donald Trump way. He's, he's an idiot. Um, but uh, Peter really makes things clear to readers about what's going on when things are happening. And he doesn't get pulled in by the hype or, the, the, or anything else. That's, that's a trademark of Recode. Is that we we tell it like it is, and we're, but we're not uh, we're not snarky about it. We're just truthful, um, and we're not you know we, we there's a fine there's a line between being cheerleaders for tech, which a lot of people are unfortunately in journalism, um, and then being snarky and mean. And so we we try to be do great reporting and then base analysis based on reporting, and we don't just mouth off. We know what we're talking about when we say the things we do. Yeah, such as Yahoo. Now, why do you think you've had so much success with the podcasting business? Like, what do you think you're doing that is kind of caught the traction? Um, you know, I was asked this last night at a dinner. I, we're just good. It's just good product. You know, people who are journalists do not think about their product that much. They just do what they want, and they don't think about their consumers on the other end of it. We just, the, the way to success is simple, simple, simple. It's make a great product, but that's really hard to do. Like, we just, we have great interviews. They're, ch- like, some of them, people just love them because they're, 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 they're just great interviews. I, there's nothing else around 
like it. And I think if you have a product that's like nothing else, you know, a lot of people do interviews, but they're not good interviews. They're mm. boring, or they're, or they're they kiss up to people, or they're mean, or you know what I mean. Like it just we just do really solid, substantive work, and that's always been our um, our at all things D and at Recode that was that's been our thing we are substantive we do things that are different we have great access and at the same time we're not creatures of tech um, and we we just do great work I don't, I don't know it's really pretty simple we're just really good at what we do and people appreciate it because smart people who we interview like smart questions and smart listeners like smart interviews I don't, you know yeah it's just I'm surprised more people aren't able to do it but they're not so yeah. good for us uh, large construction sound in the background that's it's okay. <laughs> a good sign yeah the economy <laughs> okay so I do want to talk to you about Yahoo just because you're sure. kind of one of the go-to Yahoo people I am the go-to okay Yahoo. yeah I'm not one of them <laughs> well yeah, you're it so yeah. you are the go-to I think so yeah. yeah I think a lot of press was really easy on her for most of her tenure and then when she started to fail this being Marissa Meyer Marissa Meyer yeah. decided to pile on I don't think that's good journalism to yeah. like, it, you know, cheerlead someone, and then when they falter, uh, do stories some of which are really questionable. I think we consistently said this executive has issues around management. This company has issues around its financials. It is being up held up by a Chinese investment that was made decade ago. Um, we were very firm from the beginning, and we talked about her tenure at Google, which was rocky. We talked about her hiring practices, which were questionable. We talked about her acquisitions. We were very, f- we were, we only approached her from a business point of view. And then what happened with her is she got lauded for, you know, like she's a celebrity. And then mm. when she went down, they treated her. Yeah. There was a lot of personal attacks, which we didn't do. Yeah. We attacked her business acumen, and that's fair game as far as I'm concerned because she's paid so, you know, so much. That's it. Considering her payout at the end, I'm really hoping she I can fail that. Well, I'd good. like to fail that badly is what I'm really Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, but it's gross. It's disgusting. Like, why get, you know, it's, uh, these are share. this is shareholder money. When she hired, she hired a Google executive named Enrique de Castro, and he ended up with a $110 million payment for failing and failing badly. You know, that's just, she should have been fired right then. Like, right then. It should have been a sign. And so, but, you know, this is how these corporations are. They just sort of, like, they, they, these people make enormous errors, and they don't admit mistakes or pay for their, you know, they, they get paid for sucking, and that's just not something I think is a great yeah. way. So Shareholders wh- should be mad, and a lot of them were at Yahoo. Yeah. Uh, what is the future for Yahoo at this point, now they've been bought, in, uh, uh, bought out by, you know, a large Verizon, telecommunication company? Yeah. Um, if all goes well, if it passes, it's got a couple of months. I think it, it looks like there's no hair on the deal at this point, but mm. you never know. Uh, it looks like government regulators aren't going to give it a lot of trouble. Um, it's a complex transaction because they're pulling the core of Yahoo business out of Yahoo. Then they'll create a separate company that will hold all the investment, which is where the real value of Yahoo is. It's not in their products. It's in their investment that they made in China's Alibaba and Japan's Yahoo Japan, which is largely owned by SoftBank. Um, so they have to split those companies off. I suspect Mayor will go over to that one. It just does, it doesn't do anything. It's an investment holding company. It doesn't have any business. Um, and then it will be integrated into Verizon. I think they'll keep the brand. I don't. There's no reason not to keep the brand. Yeah. Now because we're Media Week, I sort of maybe should focus on some of the media aspects sure. of it. One of the more interesting things to me has been Yahoo TV and yeah. some of their. They're not good. Um, That's gone. You it's think done. completely gone? It's gone. You don't think there'll be any future investment? Um, from you know, they're going to want video. Some of the video they produce. I think one of the people they badly mismanaged was Katie Couric. They mm. paid her a fortune. She does great work. I watch them all the time. She's a great interviewer. She gets great gets. And Yahoo basically managed to make her uh, like a missing person on that site and, and didn't do anything to 
push what is was a really good video series. It may not have worked for online, but I thought it was pretty high quality and there was something you could do with it that was better than they did. Yeah. I thought their massive investment into video with uh, revamping community for Yahoo yep, screen. And that didn't work. Then there was the Paul Feig show, I think, Done. called Outer Space or something. <laughs> yeah, like they did a lot of that. She do, did a lot of traditional media. It was really curious. Her decision-making was very antiquated. It yeah. wasn't digital at all. It was sort of... You know, magazine. She put magazines together. Like, I'm going to do magazines and hire star editors. It was like, what? Mm. Like, it just made, when I, I heard, it, I was like, that's. I, I remember being with a big advertiser, and they're like, we don't want magazines. We're getting out of magazines. <laughs> they wanted new, exciting formats like yeah. Snapchat or Instagram or you know what they were doing around advertising. Yeah, I think with their TV, there was about four or five marquee shows that she invested in, yep. and then there was nothing to support. She should have bought Netflix. Yeah. I don't know. She would have done a lot better at the beginning of her tenure when Netflix was possibly available and very inexpensive she should have bought it can anyone actually buy netflix at this stage like you hear talk of apple but uh, you know maybe yeah any, of course they can anyone can yeah. buy anything um it's got a price um at the time it was it was struggling i, I bet if she'd been clever enough possibly i don't know yeah. you never know but mm. certainly that would have been one avenue they could have bought gopro there's all kinds of things she could have done um they, when she had all the money and had all the goodwill um but she bought tumblr which is a, a, a great site, but then proceeded to do nothing with it. Yeah. You know, it's all about execution. Everything in the world is about execution. You, you think of something like Twitter, who f- was the first company that started Periscope. Periscope's a great product, but guess what's dominating? Facebook video. Mm. Hello. Like, wh- what's the problem? Execution. Yeah. Um, what do you think the future is for Tumblr? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I think I think it's sort of an afterthought for Verizon, but I think they'll probably take advantage of it. It's an interesting platform. I think there was a lot of alienation of the staff there, so they're going to have to fix that. The founder seems to seems to be checked out. I can't tell. It's a super shy guy. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, they've got to innovate their product. You know, they sort of just let it grow wild like weeds and. And they really have to focus it. Um, she did keep her hands off that, as she promised, but that's not necessarily a good thing to keep your hands off a product you pay a billion dollars for. Yeah, because the buzz around Tumblr seems to have vanished completely as soon as Yahoo took it over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much that same week. Just, yeah, <laughs> no, I think cool. David Karp is a very gifted entrepreneur, but you have to keep evolving. Just like if you're a media week, if you're a recode, you know, we, we, we redid our conference, even though it was the most, it has been the most successful conference we sell out immediately, we rehauled everything. Because we know you have to keep innovating or people will catch up or copy you or whatever. Yeah. So I mentioned at the beginning, we've got this partnership in Australia between Channel mm-hmm. 7 and Yahoo. Yeah, so they've got a lot of those around the globe. Yeah. So in Australia, it's Yahoo 7 is the... Okay. Yeah, local what do portal. they do? Uh, well, that's one of the questions. Huh? Uh, they, they do launch it. I hate those sponsorships. <laughs> I think they're stupid. I'm like, what, what are they for? They just put... ABC News on Yahoo, right? And then people consume it there. Whatever. It seems yeah. like the, the most non-creative way to distribute your content. I wouldn't do that if I was ABC. That's it. So a lot of Channel 7's uh, video content, so TV network, yeah. uh, a lot of that's just essentially their website yeah. is just Yahoo. So yeah, they should yeah, be Yahoo doing... They, sh- they don't need it. Nobody wants to read it. They're like shoving content down people's throat that people don't want. Yeah. Like literally. It's sort of like... It's it's just non-creative and it's not where things are going. They should they'd be better off doing a Snapchat channel or or Facebook Live videos or just about anything. And they yeah. don't need that news there. Yahoo's not known for news, for goodness sake. So as you said, they've got these partnerships all around the world. What is the future for them? Do you think that Verizon's oh, going to be interested no. in maintaining that no. at all? No, it's all gone. It's yesterday's yeah. business. It's yesterday. I think that you know the the, the interest for Verizon is to create a, a back end uh, ad platform for all of their various properties. They own TechCrunch. They own uh, the Huffington Post, they own a lot of properties. They have Go90, which has been problematic for them. Uh, I think it, they would admit it. Um, it's a video streaming service. Um, 
I think they're going to have a back-end technology, ad technology platform, and then individual brands that are served by that single back-end or, or relatively single. I think that's probably, you know, they really need, like Comcast bought NBC, you know, and, and you're going to see internet companies buying media companies for sure, I think. Um, you know, you need that content. That you, you, need, you need content. And Yahoo, there's two great properties at Yahoo, Yahoo Sports and Yahoo Finance. Those people, I hear from them all the time. They were neglected, you know, for these for these glamorous editors that they hired, which who didn't go to work, but that's another issue altogether. Yeah. Um, but they had they have really good products in Yahoo Sports and Yahoo Finance. Really well done. Really smart people for years have been churning out a really good product. Yeah. Now I'm fascinated by the idea of you moving from San Francisco to Australia for the next couple of days, <laughs> where you've left what's essentially like peak internet service. So. Yeah. There, there's so many startups of whom we're all trying to vie uh-huh. for attention and uh, replacing sort of traditional services and finding sure. new ways to get products into people's hands. Do you notice a complete lack of what feels like civilization as soon as you leave no. that bubble of San Francisco? No, oh no, I'm not one of those people. I think it's well, easy do, to do. Do you be notice it though, into, or is it? No, I think no. you know the internet has become global. It's been a gl- it's a global phenomenon. Everyone is ac- accessible. You have wonderful Wi-Fi. I mean, just on a Wi-Fi basis, you have everything that everybody else has. I think the issue is how do you create innovation centers. Other in, in a place other than Silicon Valley. And that's been tried again and again, and it's had medium results. Los Angeles has had, you know, it had MySpace and Demand Media, and then those went away. Now it has Snapchat, but they don't have a, they don't have a ton of really high-profile uh, companies that they need to. They have a lot, and it's, it's a really nice industry, but it's still not the same as what's happening in Silicon Valley in San Francisco. Um, they try it in Austin, New York, um, Boston. They, everyone has, each one has its own... Um, Thing. Um, and, and then in Australia, the same thing. You're trying to develop a bunch of internet companies. It's uh, and it's harder because all the money, all the all the VCs, all the talent sort of coalesces. It's just like Hollywood. Um, at the same time, you have a very vibrant movie culture here, right? But it's not Hollywood. No. I mean, you're just just not. But it is vibrant, so you don't want to discount it. Um, and you have some great startups here. It's just you need a lot of them to really create another. So I mean, China is the only country that is really competing rather vigorously with Silicon Valley and I think they're doing a great job finally and not doing derivative stuff yeah uh, final thing I wanted to leave you on was just talking about Amazon sure I love so, it <laughs> I think we all love Amazon except in Australia we don't have distribution centers oh. and Amazon largely haven't really been that bullish about putting distribution centers globally like there's mm. a few countries where they've launched yeah. but largely they haven't yet too bad you and can get your things toilet paper in two seconds well this is exactly US. it yeah, yeah. Got a two hours I'm not sure around. you need your toilet paper in two seconds yeah. but we can get it sometimes it's an important thing Cara <laughs> Now, one of the things I sort of do wonder is why Amazon haven't been more bullish in actually getting that. No, that's a very good question. I think that, you know, they've, they've got an amazing business in the U.S. Um, it's kind of, sort of like Alibaba and they have split up the world in a weird way. Um, mm. You know, Alibaba's got China and they've got the U.S. and Europe. They're very active in Europe. Um, I think it's just, a, it's just a logistical thing. They've just started to do their own planes. They've started to do a lot of things. What I think is most interesting about Amazon is not necessarily the retail business, which they do beautifully I think I think everyone could acknowledge that and they're finally really showing real profits with their Amazon web services which is a, was a brilliant move by uh, Jeff Bezos uh, to, to get into um, but I think what's interesting is also their their um, their media stuff it's fascinating what they're doing there it's smart everything he, he does everything he does is smart and even the I don't know if you have the Amazon echo here yet uh, when, not yet no. when you do get one you will understand they have managed to pull off a, a, a spoken device that is that should have been done by Apple and Google 
and you're sort of shocked how good it is. Um, it's the first time you truly understand voice-activated requests and information. I love. I, I have a personal relation with my Echo. I love my Echo. And it's how really, personal, car. It is. I, lo- I talk to it all the time. They, they have these things called skills. Um, they're like apps, essentially. And you um, you ask for. You can do history. You can do play music. Get an Uber. There's, those are the basic things. Uh, put this on my shopping list. Buy this. Um, those are the I'd play my news play my daily news and you can pick and choose what you want but there's funny things like um, you know like a history of US presidents or um, there's one skill where you, you, it gives you a compliment every day you look great like tell me I'm great and then it says you know give me a compliment and it gives you a compliment does it feel cheap no, it's fantastic. No, it's fun. It's the first time you really do understand what a voice, because everything's going to voice and video, essentially, but voice is really where things are going in a lot of these devices, and you, you, you exp- they've done a beautiful job making it usable. It's just a great product, and they should be lauded for it, and, and it's astonishing that Apple has not done this in a really significant way. I'm sure they're working on it, same thing with Google, but... Boy, are they way behind. With, and, you know, you talk to Google and Apple people, and they're like, well, our voice technology is better. I said, you still don't have a product that's good. So who, what do I care that your technology is better? Amazon Echo is fantastic. Yeah. It's great. It's a great product. Now, media companies in Australia are freaking, well, video media companies mm-hmm. are freaking out a little bit because there's so many rumors about Amazon instant video launching yeah, in sure Australia. Yeah. What do you think the global rollout of that is? Do you think they want to start doing the Netflix model of being a global network? Or yeah. yeah, why wouldn't how, you? How do they do that without the distribution centers? Because obviously the carrot and the stick is very much about the idea of oh. you sign up for the video in order to get the distribution. Um, oh, there's other, you're, you're right, Prime, Prime, yeah. which is in the US. Um, you know, there's other things they can offer you, great products. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of competitors to Netflix. Google has Google Play. Um, Apple is has its products and everything else. I think you're going to see that go all around the world, and you're going to have local competitors in that area too. We've got Hulu now. In I don't know, that's not here, obviously. No. Um, but you know, not then officially. you can you can. Oh, I think Netflix really kind of has led the way in that area. Like they really are. What a smart guy that who runs that company. Uh, another fantastic entrepreneur, uh, Reed Hastings. Um, you know, they've led the way. I just think it's. I think it, these big companies are getting into it, and we'll we'll see if they can do better uh, or not or maybe they'll just offer different things yeah but it's great it's great for consumers why wouldn't you be happy to be able to get all this incredible media on demand um, and not be subject to a network's whims it's really I mean I don't watch anything in a linear fashion except maybe uh, the Olympics and even then I'm watching it on demand I pull what I want to watch and NBC's being our partner but they've done a great job on their digital distribution for the Olympics so I watch things when I feel like it yeah, uh, just on the subject of Reed Hastings, mm-hmm. um, he's someone I never really hear being interviewed around the place. He oh. seems very quiet. Generally. No, we've had him at Code. You have had him in there at least yeah. four times. Yeah. Okay, I need to be paying more attention. Yeah, he's, he's great. You the... should watch him. They're on Recode yeah. Replay. All our conferences, we put all the audio up for them. And I think Reed is there's at least two or three Reed interviews. I think he's fantastic. I've always thought he was a really compelling entrepreneur. Uh, I think he knows when to make deals. Just his recent Comcast deal he made after sort of having a big fight with them. He's just a smart guy and the stuff they've done, uh, not just Reed, but Ted Sarandos and others there really created some really excitement around programming, and which people made fun of. I remember Tom Time Warner called it Lithuania or <laughs> Latvia or some rude remark. J- uh, Jeff uh, Bukas, who I like very much. And then they showed them that you can create great content outside of the Hollywood system. And now Hollywood is, you know, beating a path to their door. Yeah. 
lay out and the same new thing system. with Amazon. Amazon's created some great, not as successful, but some uh, some transparent and some other shows are really quite fantastic. Yeah, I've got this great show Red Oaks, which I've been pretty obsessed with. Oh yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of them. I, I pick and choose all the time. There's there's never been a greater time for media if you're a content creator, whether you're making news, whether you're making uh, fictional stuff, whether you're making short form. It's a great time to be a media content creator. I think, yeah. and that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Cara, that's yeah, probably uh, all we've got for you today. Okay. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Kara uh, Swisher, at Kara Swisher. And then uh, my email is Kara at Recode.net. And I welcome anybody writing me, unless you're going to say something rude and then keep it to yourself. <laughs> yes. um, but you can, you, can, uh, you can contact me anytime. Um, and I, I do respond a lot. I'm very active on Twitter. I insult Donald Trump on an hourly basis. And then, but otherwise, I do stick to tech most of the time. Fantastic. And do check out Kara's podcast because it is a great listen every time. Thank you very yeah. much. Thanks, Kara. <laughs>